Hello there, Goon Squad! It's producer Dipshit hopping in here at the top of the episode with a quick programming note for you. Next week, there will be a shorter episode released Saturday night or Sunday morning, depending on when I can get it edited. Um, due to some travel and scheduling conflicts, we're not going to be able to record during our regular time slots. However, there may be a live episode to make up for it earlier in the week. If you keep an eye on our social channels, at the Idiot Goons on Twitter, and my brother is an idiot on Facebook, you'll be able to get updates about that potential live episode. Um, starting the week after that, so the first week of November, we are going to be releasing episodes on either Wednesday or Thursday night, depending on, again, when I can get things edited. Um, so earlier episodes for you, and hopefully that'll be a little bit easier instead of having them like after Thursday night football. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening up to this point. Thank you for supporting us. Um, as you'll hear in this episode, we made our fifth dollar. Yay! Um, so thank you so much for everything. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you have a great day. And I hope whatever Noodles the Pug says, I hope it's a Bones Day anyway. Goodbye! <laughs>
felines on the other side of the screen. No, no cats. No, no. Well, she's gone, but she'll be back in two seconds for me to say, hello, Michaela. How are you? Uh, getting worse by the moment. <laughs> I think I set that over under at three and we're at one already. Good. Uh, Milty, you could do an okay. Doing awesome, man. All right, Matt. Hi. Go fuck yourself. I said hi. <laughs> I figured I'd just pull the rug out from under you early and just get it over with. Okay, fine. Eat my shorts. Back to you. Hard pass. Let's get going. And we, for our first bit, are going to do one of our uh, favorite intro bits. Overrated, underrated, least favorite, and favorite. And our category for today is going to be horror movies. Yes, we're all going to be talking about our overrated, underrated, least, and favorite horror movies. We're going to go around the squad one at a time. We're going to start with Mark. Go ahead and give us your overrated horror movie sir yes uh my um top overrated uh horror movie of all time i am going to go ahead and say halloween how many movies do we need of one dude in a mask getting killed and trying to kill jamie lee curtis like how many times how many times do we need to see this movie all of them 50 years worth of one dude in a mask come on all right. Thank you very much. Let's go to the next. And that's going to be me. Uh, my overrated horror movie is anything with a zombie in it. I can't stand zombie movies. All of them, except for Shaun of the Dead. That's the only one that's palatable. Every other zombie movie is just completely overrated. It's a trope that's just played out dumb and stupid. I don't care how many different ways they can look at it. You're a trope. Thank you. I get that a lot. All right, next up, Milty, you're overrated. Overrated is a remake from 1998, Psycho. Why ruin a good thing? Yeah, that remake yeah. was awful. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was bad, for sure. And they didn't even get to use chocolate sauce for blood. It was just, I mean, <laughs> why? I'm sure Alfred Hitchcock was spitting around in his grave. Yeah. No doubt. With the worms. Oh. All right. With the worms. All right, MJ, you're up. I agree with Matt. Fuck zombie movies. I specified World War Z specifically because that one specifically annoys me. But I also think all zombie movies are garbage. Stupid, dumb, garbage. Yeah, we agree. There you go. Yeah, I'm not, not against that also. <laughs> First time for everything. There you go. Nice job. All right, Mark. Your underrated movie in the horror genre is... Now, I think this is going to come up in uh, somebody's least favorite, um, but I'm going to say House of a Thousand Corpses. That is a very underrated movie for me. I thoroughly enjoyed the all the Devil's Rejects movies, but specifically that one is really good. Um, shout out to uh, Repo, the genetic opera too, because I feel like that's super underrated too, especially... Oh man, that movie is fun. It's yeah, it's just good times. Good times, bad oldies. When we get to it, I did ponder that movie, but I did not pick it. I picked one that's actually worse. So we'll just have to see what it is here in a little bit. There's a lot of those. My, <laughs> no, there's a lot. Yeah. Uh my underrated movie is uh and I can't believe this movie doesn't get more love. It's a haunted house in space with Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne, Event Horizon is just 
a fantastic horror flick. I mean, it's got the it's demonic thing. Old. It's not really this, a horror movie, but it's, it's, it's a horror. That's a haunted house in space. That's absolutely a horror flick. Sci-fi, but okay. Yeah, so what? I mean, that's not the last time you're going to hear sci-fi out of my mouth for a horror flick because there's another one coming. But I enjoy the shit out of that movie. That's one of my favorites of all time. All right. Milty, you're up. All right. Underrated. So if you ask an old man a question, you're going to get an old man answer. From 1963, this movie was underappreciated by a lot of people that watched it and uh, maybe more than once, but Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. It it was just a crazy movie. It was set around San Francisco. Um, it was just a I to me it was just a fantastic movie. I loved it. It definitely is a good one. For sure. All right. MJ finish off underrated for us. MJ. MJ. <laughs> Michaela. <laughs> Uh, first, I'm going to go back and shit talk Mark really quick because he just made fun of Matt for his haunted house in space pick saying that it was a uh, sci-fi movie sci-fi yeah. and not a horror movie. You just mentioned Repo. That is not a horror movie. Well, so sue me. Wait till you hear my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't wait. Well, don't worry. I'm going to break the rules because I didn't even pick a movie. Uh, I So... I don't watch a lot of horror movies because I think most of them are dumb. Um, but there's a horror series on YouTube called Marble Hornets. That's like how Slenderman got popular. And it's fucking amazing. And you could ostensibly watch it in a movie, just like a 12-hour movie. But So I'm going to say Marble Hornets. Marble Hornets. Never heard of it. Marble Hornet, your face. All right. All right, next up, least favorite. Mark, take it away. Uh, I would have to say that my least favorite of all time is going to be, I'm looking at a list right now of all these movies, and there's some really fucking awful ones. Um, I, I Mostly, the, I know there's going to be some controversy about this because there's a lot of people that love this movie as a horror movie, but my least favorite movie is the remake, the American remake of The Ring. Um, mostly due to personal circumstances when I saw said movie. I will not go into that, but uh, the, there was a gentleman next to me who thought he got trampled by a horse and shat himself because there was some ostensious other activities happening at the same time that I might have been a part of as well, and I did not enjoy myself and left the movie halfway through because i thought i was going to have a heart attack so i hate the ring because of that so there you go i can't fault any bit of that logic <laughs> and rocky agrees apparently dude don't watch the ring if you're high on acid that's all i'm going to say <laughs> all right my least favorite movie is i still know what you did last summer because it was just the same movie as i know what you did last summer and they didn't change anything at all. It was stupid. Just dumb. Didn't they really kind of do that a lot in in the, like all those 90s horror movies? Like, you know, the Scream franchise and I Know What You Did. and Yeah. Uh, Final Destination. Candyman. Right. I felt like 
the and along the same lines, I felt like that movie series that came out on Netflix. Uh, this you know they they had the sixteen sixty six, the nineteen ninety three something. You guys remember those that came out like over the summer this mm-hmm. summer? Oh. You know what I'm talking about, Michaela? Yeah, there were four movies. I don't remember what it's yeah. called. There were four movies and they were basically slasher flicks that followed the same four people in like different time periods. And they were campy as fuck. <laughs> like I actually watched all four of them because I at one point had no social life. So I was just watching a shitload of those and they were really <laughs> bad. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's the same kind of camp that you're talking about with all those John Carpenter movies and uh What's his name? Wes Craven movies. Uh, Jeepers yeah. Creepers is another one. God, God that was long. Oh, Jeepers Creepers. There was 18 of those, too. So bad. All right. Uh, Milty, your least favorite. Least favorite? Rosemary's Baby. Too slow. Just nothing going on. Terrible movie. <laughs> I knew that was going to be. <laughs> I knew that's what it was going to be. Didn't you use that for another least favorite movie at some point it tops the list <laughs> <laughs> all right and mj finishes off in least favorite uh i'm gonna say the conjuring just because of that one dumb scene when the chair flips upside down and goes on the ceiling and also because mom fucking watched it like 80 times three years ago and I got so sick of that dumb fucking movie and that dumb fucking family in that dumb fucking house. I'm so tired of all these dumb fucking families in this dumb fucking house. (laughs) Was that supposed to be Sam Jackson? Not really. I don't know. This is kind of what Michaela sounded like, so that's what I was like merging into. (laughs) Wasn't sure where you were going with that, but there you go. All right. Let's do a round of favorites. Mark, what do you got? Uh, Shout out to The Shining, which is a runner up for me. But uh, my favorite horror movie, and I think that's going to be somebody else's favorite. Um, I'm I'm thinking it's the bald guy, the the old bald guy's favorite, but I'm not real sure. But the uh, my favorite horror movie of all time. And I told you this one's not really a horror movie, but here it is. Young Frankenstein. You give me shit for Event Horizon and you trot out Young Frankenstein? Young that's not even close to a horror Frankenstein. movie. That's, that's, that's not even that's close. That's not a horror movie. That's not even in the horror genre. Oh, my God. I'm not even writing it down. Hey, you know what? Hey, I'm looking at the top 100 movies by Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that. And uh, number 35 on the list is Young Frankenstein. Well, then whoever wrote that list clearly is 12 and has never seen the movie because it's it's got nothing to do with horror at all. I mean, they can't be um, 12 because they've got movies on here from uh, 1933, 1922, you know, all over the place. And there's some good ones in the top 10, but I decided to go off the beaten path with young Frankenstein. Mark, do you think 12-year-olds can't use the internet and watch movies from the 1920s? <laughs> Young or, or just decide they're going to go with Dracula and Nosferatu because they saw it once in film class? Young All right. Frankenstein. Uh, moving on, I will take the next spot for favorite. And again, I'm going into that sci-fi realm, but it's a fantastic horror slasher flick 
Alien. Oh my goodness. What a fantastic movie this is. I mean, blood, guts, crazy androids, Sigourney Weaver, and a cat. There's also a Time Lord with an alien popping out of his chest. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's the crazy android. Milty, Milty, you're next. Okay. So I mentioned... The overrated 1998 was uh, Psycho, right? So I think the best is 1960 Psycho. Uh, just a fantastic movie. Anthony Perkins, I don't know anybody that could have done any better than that. The shower scene's favorite. You know, everybody knows it. The top of the stairs with the cop. You know, it's, he plays two roles. He, it's just a fantastic movie. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I think Gene Mingo was an extra in that movie, was he? He played three roles. Yeah, he was great. How do we go from the world's greatest Gene Mingo insertion to the world's worst? Oh, no, that one's not the worst. That's not even close to the worst. That's not anywhere. It's got to be somewhere in between. No, 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 no. (laughs) You have had far worse than that one. (laughs) You put him in a horror movie. Come on. (laughs) He wasn't going to make the pot anywhere else. (laughs) He may have. You don't know that. We're just getting started. All right. MJ, your favorite. So I'm going to say not a movie again, because that's how I roll. Silent Hill 2 is the pinnacle of horror, period. It's the best horror video game of all time. It's fucking bonkers bananas awesome. It's amazing. Silent Hill 2, fuck yeah. Okay, so... (laughs) How am I getting shit? You've got YouTube videos that last twelve hours and a video game that's still in the horror genre. Yeah, but that's not that's not a movie. That's not a movie. So I don't know how I'm stepping out of the realm by saying Young Frankenstein, but you get to pick video games and a twelve hour mini series on fucking YouTube, and nobody gives you shit for it. No, I'm going to go back and say I don't like your picks. That is all. Okay. Mark has made his opinion known, and as always... Actually, I, I really like your picks, but <laughs> the, the fact that you guys shit so much on my young Frankenstein... Because that's not horror! The fucking it's, comedy! You know what, Michaela? You're <laughs> horror. Okay. Let's just quit talking about movies, because we're clearly never going to change anybody else's mind about what we picked anyway, and let's talk about the horror show that happened on Sunday at Empower Field at Mile High. Yes, the Oakland Raiders came into town and laid it on the Denver Broncos. Can I get a fucking oof? It doesn't even deserve an oof. That that was awful. <laughs> God, it was just fucking terrible. Uh, three of the four goons were at this game. I will say that uh, this was the most calm Broncos Raiders game I've seen in quite a few years from a fan standpoint. It was very mellow. Usually there's multiple fights and people being stupid and people cheering the wrong direction. And it's always such a mess. And there was really none of that. It just, it was just odd. Um, Mark, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, the defense wasn't good. Again, the offense was terrible. Where the fuck do we go from here? The best part of the entire game was a, the Steve Atwater hall of fame, at the beginning and 
A2, because this was just as good. Shanny showing up fucking wasted out of his fucking brain <laughs> at that time to get his ring of fame and basically just saying, fuck the Raiders right in the middle of the goddamn thing. <laughs> I love you guys. You're the best fans ever. Fuck the Raiders. <laughs> no, but it was a really, really awful game played on both sides. I mean, I this defense, is there's not even no bend or no break. Like, I've never seen so many big plays given up on third downs by a defense in my life. And it just seems like a trend with this defense over the last couple of years. It's just that they're, and, and, you know, their third down conversion may be decent. I don't know that stat for a fact, but it just seems like when it's like third and 16 or more, they're going to give they're going to give them a first down or throw a touchdown over their heads. It's it's just crazy how many times they give up a third and super long for a first down. And that offense, Shermer just is oh, we'll talk about him in a minute, but it's the most boring thing I've ever seen. And I, th- the game was so bad that I, I couldn't watch anymore at halftime and I left. Yep, it was uh, definitely not very much fun. Milty, chime in here. Your thoughts about what happened on Sunday? I bailed with Mark. That, you know, don't need to say much more than that. We left at halftime. It was it was a terrible game. I think uh, if I remember right, the Broncos scored on their first offensive drive. Isn't that the first time they scored a touchdown in like twenty games or something like that? I think it was twenty four. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was ridiculous. I mean, that should never happen to a professional football team. Um, so. I just I just don't get where they're going offensively and defensively. The play calling sucks. Um, it's I, I don't know where they go. I you know it's it's I I've got notes for the uh, the next bit here about who the first person to get the axe is from Denver, but I'll save that for when we get to it. All right, MJ, what do you got? I mean, if your quarterback gets sacked five times, and you're fucking defensive pass rush is one dude who hasn't gotten a sack in two or two or three games oh wow i'm so shocked the team is doing poorly yeah it everything was bad every fucking thing about that game was bad yeah it definitely hurt to watch for sure uh milty brought it up um so let's dive into it uh there's definitely gonna have to be some fallout at some point uh mark Who's going to go first, Shermer or Fangio? I'm thinking that, you know, they're going to pull out the fall guy routine and Shermer's going to go. Um, that's unfortunately, Milty and I were talking about it on the way out of the stadium. That's unfortunately the way the NFL is. They'll they'll keep Fangio until the end of the year uh, because of contracts, blah, blah, blah. It's just way easier to get rid of a coordinator, even though it's obviously not working on all three spots of the ball. Um, you know, the special teams look really bad. The defense looks really bad. The offense looks really bad. Special teams, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but like they just, they can't return a kick. They can't get, you know, it's just really bad on all three sides of the ball. And it's clearly the head coach's fault, but Shermer's going to go first. That's just the way it is. And it's not a screen pass thrown. There was one screen pass. It was on third and like 18. Um, And that was the first screen pass I think I've seen all year. It's just boring, boring football. And so he's going to go, and then they'll get rid of Uncle Vic at the end of the year. It's too bad. They should just clean house now and bring in Goldberg. Goldberg. (laughs) Milty, what do you think? I kind of think Mark's right. I think uh, Vic is going to make a desperation play and 
dump Shermer and try to replace him with somebody either on the staff or someone. I, I just, I just don't get it, but I, I they're both going. I, I don't see if there's no huge turnaround, you know, George Payton is not the guy that picked these people. So he's going to pick his own people by the end of the season. Michaela weigh in. I think they should all leave all of them. Get rid of Fangio, get rid of Shermer. Whoever's the defensive guy is, make him go to. Well, Fangio. Bring in Goldberg. Fangio is. Fangio is the de facto the defense, defense. Yeah, yeah, he is the defensive guy, even though there's Donatello, but Fangio calls it. Uh, I, I was kicking this around the other day with a buddy of mine. and I, Okay, so if you make the change at the head coach midseason, what are the solutions? There really aren't any except for two. They've got a guy on staff right now who has been a head coach and an offensive coordinator, and he's the current uh, offensive line coach. Uh, Munchak has done it, um, at least on an interim basis, as a head coach and has run an offense. The other theory I had, and it it actually kind of ties into the the beginning of the conversation with Mark, there's a guy out there who they could get in to run the team for the rest of the season just to stabilize things and get the fans back on board. Mike fucking Shanahan. Were we talking about this? I was I was actually going to say Tim Tebow, but <laughs> didn't we talk about this at this at the game? Because I think this Maybe. ties into my theory for who the next head coach should be. Well, I don't know that Mike's going to want to do it the and way. Not, he no, not on, not it. on a long term basis. I mean, I think we, I think you and I talked about this at the game because we talked about having yeah, Shanahan fill it out did the come up. Shanahan finish out the season, and then that steps into who the next head coach should be. Because it can't be Shanahan because he doesn't want to do it long term. So then you just steal Eric Bannemi from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I think that's definitely the move. Um, well, that's enough talking about coaches getting fired and, and just getting all pissed off about it. Uh, and then one we the- can do Are You Coach? Oh, yes. I'm so excited for Are You Coach? <laughs> And we can have Michaela Chount Goldberg. <laughs> Michaela, are you ready to do the, the whole rant with the coaches? <laughs> the coach rant comes back. So excited. I still have those fucking pictures of the, <laughs> the notes. books of us for our first discussions of who is who coach. coach. Fozzie Bear coach offense. <laughs> Goldberg coach defense. Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. Hey, can you, can you read back the minutes? Yeah, sure. Goldberg. 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 Oh, I am so excited for those days to come back. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Stay tuned to episode 42 when we talk about Goldberg. All right. <laughs> uh, one little bit of news we need to cover. Uh, Denver lost another inside linebacker. Uh, Mark and I spotted the injury as soon as it happened. Uh, Alexander Johnson out with a torn peck. Ow. Uh, so now we've got Jim Jabroni and the rest of the no-names playing linebacker. Milty, uh, this doesn't look good, does it? No, uh, you know, if you want to play inside linebacker, maybe you want to get a certain protection for the front of your body. Um, who is that Justin Stranat guy? Buy me a valve, Stranat. He yeah. actually doesn't do too bad, but, you know, he's just overwhelmed by the whole the whole scheme and the, the Raiders offense that they just seemed to go off against a defense that was unprepared in my estimation. Yeah. Mark, what do you think? It's too bad that the dinosaur is hurt. 
is one step closer to extinction for all dinosaurs. And so that is too bad. But yeah, <clears throat> Josie and him go down with the same injury. You know, a couple weeks apart, they both tore their pack and out for the year. So boob, boobs hurt, apparently. Yeah. It's bad, it was... bad Tata muscles. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, Michaela, you got anything you want to chime in with? Yeah, so I was reading I was reading an article today about this and Where was it? Was it on the Athletic or was it on Twitter? It it might have been on the Athletic. <laughs> um that they were talking about how besides that Shrenad guy, the only other like inside linebacker that they have is a rookie who's gotten like three snaps and gets injured every game he goes in. So bad news Broncos apparently. They have 1,800 cornerbacks, and maybe they can talk Bill Romanowski into coming out of retirement. Yeah, one can only hope. All right, all right. Let's stop talking about last week and let's look at next week. Uh, the or actually this week, uh, in a couple of days, Denver goes into Cleveland. They're going to play the Browns. The mistake by the lake. Uh, the Browns are reeling a little bit. Um, we thought maybe they would have a chance against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals whooped that ass 37 to 14. Um, Milty, I'm going to start with you. This might be the only other team that's more dinged up than Denver. How do you see this one going? Well, like you said, you know, they, the running backs are down. Uh, Baker's got a left shoulder problem and that has a lot of issues with here trying to pass. Um, but you know what? They've still got a fantastic defense. Um, uh, Despite the fact that Denver has the history 24 to 6, right, against the Browns, um, I, I just, it's just going to be tough. I, I just don't see Denver going into Cleveland and being able to do it with the way that they've been playing. And I understand injuries, injuries on both sides, but I, I just, after, I was just so disgusted after this last Sunday. Yep. MJ, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it'll be it'll probably be a messy game since both teams are so banged up. But hopefully that means they'll go easy on each other and not like injure any other players further. That's not how pro football works. Are you sure about that? They keep getting woken. They <laughs> just need to be more careful, okay? Oh, woken. Uh-oh. Uh Mark uh, Cleveland you know, uh, Milty mentioned Baker's got the shoulder owie. There's some chatter today that he may not actually even play the game. Uh, doesn't look like they're going to have either of their starting running backs, although one's no. questionable. Um, any I saw chance? Both were out today. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. I hadn't. I hadn't seen the the update. The last I heard was uh, Nick was questionable. Oh no, he's out. Chubb Chub is out, and uh, Hakeem, uh, not Hakeem, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Though they're both they're both out. And last I heard, Baker is saying he's good to go because it's his non throwing shoulder, and he'll play no matter what. But I mean, I don't know who their backup is. But the way Baker's playing this year, they might be better off with somebody a little bit taller. <laughs> <laughs> he's not playing so well this year. He's he's making some really dumb decisions with the football, and um, I don't know. And with no running backs, holy crap! I mean, the only thing that's going for them is the Broncos have no offensive lineman that can play. They have one, and it's you know. Uh, Garrett Bowles, who we all hated two years ago, and uh, you know, I'll I'll give them Lloyd too. Lloyd's good, Reisner's good, but those three guys cannot 
So three, three, four, three fifths of the offensive line is good. I'm sorry. But I, I like Dalton, but he's they're not, all terrible except for those three guys. Dalton's not playing very good this year. He's not. And Lloyd's okay, but he can't cover the entire right side of the line. And to poor Teddy, man, like I hope he gets another chance with this team, you know, in the future with a different coach and a different offensive coordinator and more offensive line help because he is just getting torn apart. The guy has no chance to throw the football. Um, and I really like Teddy the way he's played so far. So I, I, I really hope he gets a chance with a, a real offensive scheme, but it's, it's not looking good for our Broncos. I'm really scared. Uh, the backup to Baker Mayfield is Case Keenum. Oh, we know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Seen that name in Denver. Yeah. We know that guy. Yeah, we know him. <laughs> that guy oh, bad. Man. Yeah, that guy very, very bad. That guy throw football no good. <laughs> All right, so that's our look ahead. Uh, Milty, do you have a degenerate bet to share with us? You last week had uh, Broncos laying three and a half and went the over. You hit 50-50. They definitely covered the over, but um, yeah, the three and a half just <laughs> wasn't there. Yeah, so here, here's the deal. Remember when I started, you started this podcast, I said, don't do whatever I say when it comes to betting, right? So, So whatever I give you right now, take heed and maybe you might take the opposite but anyway the browns are favored by depending on what you're looking at three and a half to five against the broncos uh the over under is 44 somewhat low but look at what you know everybody the broncos aren't playing too well the browns are all banged up on offense so i'm thinking i'm going to take the browns and minus five or yeah minus five and the over. So I'm going completely degenerate. Say that again. The Browns <laughs> minus five and the over 44. So Denver's shitty offense. Cleveland's got no running game and you're taking the over. Yeah. Are you hammering the over? <laughs> I'm not hammering any bit until I start to get on a streak. <laughs> okay. I've got it written down. Brown's laying the five and hammering the over. All right. Thank you, Milty, for your degenerate bet. Let's cover a few of the games that happened on Sunday or this week, I guess. Uh, The surprise of the week, uh, the San Diego Chargers went into Baltimore and got fucking boat raced 34 to six. Uh, Mark, Baltimore is the real deal, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I think the narrative is completely dead. Uh, we talked about it last week that Lamar can't throw. Uh, Lamar can throw. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that team is, holy cow, that team is good. And they made my Chargers look really bad. Really bad. So bad. So bad. So bad. Uh, Milty, did you get a chance to watch any of this game? Saw a little bit. Um uh... I'm kind of like Mark. I was really disappointed in the way the Chargers kind of played, but because I thought after the first couple of weeks of the season that the Chargers might be the, uh, you know, the come from behind team or the team that might surprise and take the division over Kansas City. But man, they looked horrible. They, uh, you know, they Baltimore had over 100 yards rushing, not even counting what Lamar did to them. It's just, it's it's amazing that uh, they just went into Baltimore and laid an egg. MJ, react to the game. The game. The game. 
the Chargers game. The Chargers lost, but they'll be okay. They're still a good team. They just got outclassed. That's what I wrote down. (laughs) Did you write that all that? Like the whole little fucking shenanigans speech? Yeah, my agenda's much longer. (laughs) I go through and fill out the agenda. (laughs) I should start doing homework and stuff. You guys make me look really bad. All right, next up, uh, the Monday night game. And another surprise, Buffalo goes into Tennessee, loses 34-31. to 31, But really the storyline here, not that Josh Allen you know, threw for 353 and three tutties, Mark, but what the hell was that play call at the end of the game? Three what? Tutties. What was the play call? Uh, fourth and one with 20 seconds left, and they went for it, didn't get it. And they were on like the three yard line. All they had to do was kick a field goal, go to overtime. Ah, see, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I was in bed at that point. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Josh Allen and his three touchdowns, they'll be fine. Um, They, uh, I mean, that surprised the shit out of us. Did we hammer the over on that one too? I think that was one we hammered the over on. Yeah, probably. I think we hammered the over on that one. So congratulations, because I don't think that the over under was seventy one points or seventy four points. Definitely was not. Yeah, okay. So if you, if you hammered the over on that, then yeah, we're good. All right. Uh, Milty, Buffalo has been one of the best teams in the league. Uh, they stumbled a little bit this week. Tennessee's been up and down, but still, you know, they're four and two. Is this something that, uh, that Buffalo can recover from? And do you think Tennessee is getting better? Uh, I think both. Uh, Buffalo will recover from this, and they'll have better games. They were on the road, and everybody has a game like this once in a while. So you're going to see that from every team that doesn't go 17-0. and 0. So uh, so it, it happens. You know, it's going to be that way. Tennessee is going to surprise everybody the rest of the year because they're in a roll. <laughs> All right. MJ, Josh Allen. Had himself a good game. Uh, Tennessee obviously took the dub. What do you think going forward for either one of these teams? I think the Bills will be okay, too. I think they're in the same spot of the Chargers. I don't think they got outclassed. I think they just got outcoached with that last play. But otherwise, I think, I mean, it was a really good game. All right. Thank you very much. Moving on to the next game. And the only reason why we're going to... <laughs> Hello, Kitty. Hello. For those of you who can't see at home, Michaela's cat has decided to climb all over the computer and into her lap. And then turn upside down directly on her shoulder. I've never seen that from any other animal in my life. <laughs> all, right. all right, let's talk about the Thursday night game and a bit of a surprising result in how close it was. And really the only reason why we're talking about it is to make fun of Milty because he picked Philadelphia to win the NFC East. But Tampa goes into Philly, wins 28-22. to Milty, I'm going to start with you. Um, you know, Tom Brady had a typical Tom Brady day, 34-42, 297, a couple of scores and a pick. Uh, Tampa Bay didn't have their best game but still managed to win. Uh, they're just going to keep marching, aren't they? Yep, that's just the way they are. You, you can always count on Tom to keep them in the game. They're either going to be ahead all the way, or they'll if they're behind, they won't be behind for long. Uh, but if I remember right, Jalen Hurts had 115 yards passing in this game. Uh, it's not going to go a long way. So, uh, yeah, it, this was predetermined. 
Mark, I get the sense watching Tom uh, and some of his interviews and the way he's talking about continuing to play and the way, you know, he's going to you know play until he's 86. It seems like this whole season for him is a commercial for TB12 water, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. I'm only 93 years old, but I look like I'm. 23 because of tb12 and all this stuff and then you know all these broadcasters are getting packages from tom brady um from tb12 you know they're all getting the care packages so they're posting it on their social media and stuff and um i mean the guy's playing absolutely amazing he's playing better than he did two years ago so uh even last year you know he's playing better than he was at this point last year and we talked about or at least i did talked about the fact that he needed to adjust to the the Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady had to adjust the system from the Bruce Arian system to the Tom Brady Byron Leftwich system, and that seems to be working really really well for Tom Brady. But uh, Milty, you're not in last place in that division, the NFC East. You're in second to last place. So That's I mean, right. we're, we're going to work our way back up. We got whole three fourths of or almost half a season to go, a little over half to go. Technically, I mean, we were all wrong because we all picked the Eagles to go dead last. But uh, you're also wrong, too, because the Eagles suck balls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michaela, go ahead and weigh in on this one for us. The Eagles are bad, Kay. They suck balls. They suck balls. Eagles suck balls. They're so bad. I don't watch any of their games for that reason, so I have no comments outside of that. <laughs> All right. And finally, uh, the last game we're going to look at, uh, Dallas. Someone please break up the Cowboys, man. Dak Prescott just keeps doing Dak Prescott stuff. They beat the Patriots 35-29. to uh, Mark, Dak, 36-51, 445, and three scores. He's all better, isn't he? Yeah, he looks really good, and he's the, the guy that they paid for. So, I mean, good good on Dak for, you know, making the most out of that contract so far since he's come back from this injury. Um, it is interesting to note that that game was not in hand uh, at all because it went to overtime and came down to a throw in overtime to beat the New England Patriots, who are not that good this year. Um, also just want to make a note that, uh, when, when do we start to actually critique Bill Belichick? Like he's losing a lot of games now. Last year is because so many players opted out. Right. And this year, what, what, what is the excuse this year? Is it just a rookie quarterback? Because that defense looks awful. Um, the offense doesn't look great. Josh McDaniels looks okay calling plays, and Mac looks comfortable with it. But when do we start to say uh, Bill Belichick's not, you know, shouldn't maybe be as comfortable as he is? You know, maybe maybe it's time to start kicking the tires on, you know, promoting the Josh McDaniels thing. Well, you know, that's why he's still there. Right. Correct. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, they they told him that that was the case. So, but I mean, when, when is when when does when does Patriots land start getting annoyed with Bill Belichick losing games? Like, when does that happen? That's what I want to know because this is two seasons in a row that they have not been great. And last year's oh, all the opt outs and stuff. What is it this year? Are we just going with rookie quarterback? Sure. 
I I could care less what Patriots fans think about. We had one on the podcast. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just to talk about Cam Newton. I mean, (laughs) who cares what they think? It's it's their problem. They got to deal with it. Whatever. Let them run that fucking organization into the ground. Milty, uh, throwing it over to you here. Um, Dude, Dallas, I have a little bit of a defensive problem, but still putting up a ton of points. Uh, Looking pretty good in that division, ain't they, bud? Yeah, you know, maybe they might even win that division, but they have to deal with Philly down the road. Anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, but to kind of follow up with Mark said, you know, it was it was Belichick and Brady all those years, right? And when you separate them, Brady wins the Super Bowl, Belichick doesn't. Now we're in the second year of that, and it still looks like it's going to go the same way. So it might be another year or two before uh, the people in New England start to question it, but uh, it's coming. Yeah, and, you know, winning – granted, it was Brady, right? But winning nine Super Bowls probably gives you a little bit of leeway to try to right the ship. That's right. We'll see. You get another couple of years. Let's see how much patience they actually have to Mark's point. MJ, you got anything you want to chime in with? Uh, I want to agree with Mark. We, we start criticizing Belichick now. They've every time they are on offense, it's so boring. And I don't know. I don't know if it's McDaniels who makes the calls or if it's Belichick. It's 100% Josh McDaniels. Is it? Mm-hmm. But they like they won't go. I think I saw something that was like they went for they've only gone gone for it on fourth down three times this year. Yeah, and that was when they were losing to the Saints. That's that's not traditional of Belichick's offense or Belichick's schemes. He likes to take chances. So that's just telling you that he doesn't trust his rookie quarterback. Is what that tells you. Um, and that's not a McDaniel's thing. That's 100% Bill Belichick. The other thing is, is I really want Bill Belichick to retire so we can finally get fun boat videos of him like fishing and him and Parcells hanging out on fishing boats and like telling stories about football. Because I really do think that Bill Belichick has to have a really good personality. Because have you seen his girlfriend? Like he I mean, can't be that curmudgeon and pull that trim and then sit on a fishing boat where everybody says he's like the funniest guy on the planet. Right. Like he's got to have this. So I want to have the Bill Belichick reality show. And like his dog was running the the, the room a couple years ago, which was awesome. You know, oh, that was great. You know that it. this dude is not, you know, he's not grumbly pants all the time. Otherwise he wouldn't have, you know, the smoking hot 35-year-old, 60-year-old woman that he's got hanging off of his arm. And his dog's obviously awesome, and he loves to fish. So the guy is clearly cool. Let's see what he can do on TV, besides just grumbling at themselves that we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, I think a lot of that is because he just has zero patience for media people. Uh, clearly has a sense of humor. I don't know if you watched his uh, football life that they did on him a couple years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, it, it the guy's definitely got a little bit more depth to him than on to Cincinnati. So, right. Um, that's what I want to see. Right. Let's, let's get him on like, you know, uh, Fox sports, uh, uh, NFL countdown, whatever the fuck they call it. Let him yammer at Howie Long and, and Jimmy Johnson. That Can I, we that do, so you know how they have the Manning cast on Monday nights. So Bill Belichick retires and does a Thursday night fishing boat cast. All over the Thursday night game where he just calls recall. I wouldn't have called that play. And he's just sipping on scotch the entire time and smoking a stogie with Bill Parcells on a fishing boat somewhere. I'd tell him to take that freaking piece of corn off the hook and put a worm on it. 
I would watch I would watch that fishing show slash rebroadcast of the game all day. All right. Well, let's let indeed. Let's quit talking about the Patriots because we spent far too long talking about them. And let's kick it over to Mark for your upcoming game of the week. Bunga's NFL game, 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 game of the week. Hello, everybody. Let's talk about a game that you want to watch this Sunday, and it's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be the Jets and the Patriots. I think I picked this earlier in the year, didn't I? Didn't I already do the Jets and the Patriots for a game of the week? Two rookie quarterbacks going at each other. It doesn't matter. We're going to do it again, even if I didn't. So that game is Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning. That is a one o'clock Eastern. Uh, in the if you're in the Midwest, it's at noon here in Colorado. We're watching that game at eleven o'clock on our Octo boxes because nobody's actually watching just that game. Nobody is. Nobody cares. And the Jets are still really bad, and the Patriots are, you know, they play some well sometimes, but we're just going to see this game go down, and it'll be fun. Game of the week. All right, thank you very much. Let's keep looking at the next slate of games. Really only two games to talk about here, and I really don't remember why we're even talking about one of them, but we'll start with Chiefs and Titans. Uh, MJ, I'm going to start with you. Chiefs coming off the win. Titans coming off a win. Uh, the Chiefs might start being the Chiefs again. The Titans looking good. How do you see this one going? Uh, the exact sentence I wrote down is Chiefs defense blows mega ass. So I'm going to say that probably the Titans are going to win because they might have the momentum going more for them because uh, the Chiefs defense still blows mega ass. <laughs> All right. Milty. Chiefs defense blowing mega ass versus Derrick Henry. <laughs> I, he I got this. They're not going to stop him. They're not going to stop him. I, I, if I saw that the Chiefs were favored by four and a half in this game, uh, ain't happening. It's it's Tennessee all the way. Maybe a little closer game than that, but Tennessee's going to win it. Mark, do you think Kansas City can score with Tennessee? Wait, you saw a four and a half point underdog for your, or they were catching four and a half points? That the uh, Titans were dogs by four and a half earlier today. By four and a half? Yeah. Yeah, it's up to five and a half now. Kansas City is is uh, favored by five and a half points. So there's money coming in on Kansas City on this game. Wow, that, that changed a lot. Um, the over under on this game is at 56 and a half. Um, Michaela, what are we doing with this over under? <laughs> we're gonna hammer <laughs> we're gonna hammer the over under on this game uh it's, it's 56 and a half these two offenses are just crazy and neither defense is worth half a shit so 56 and a half is nothing for these teams um i don't like kansas city at minus five and a half um especially on the road but we'll see this season's been weird because every other game sucks. Uh, the only reason why we're talking about this game, there's actually two reasons. One, the Lions are the last team to compete for the Spiders' Cup. They're the last unwinning team in the NFL, and they're playing the Rams, championed by Michaela's beloved Matt Stafford. Michaela, do you think this will win you a fantasy football game? 
Fucking hopefully. I would have been fine last week had Milty not wiped the floor with me so fucking bad. I had 119 points and he had 176. Nobody cares. I got my shit pushed in Nobody so bad. Cares. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Uh, Mark, do yeah. you agree? Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Uh, the reason why I thought this game was interesting is this is kind of the trade game. Um this is where, you know, the quarterbacks got flip-flopped. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So we get the quarterbacks, you know, hi, saying hi to each other. And we get a handshake and a hug after the game. But other than that, who gives a fuck about this game? The uh, Rams are going to destroy the Lions, and the Lions will maintain their standings in the Spiders' Cup. All right, Milty, what do you think? Uh, well, it's going to be the Rams all the way. It's rather a the point difference. But I'll tell you what they're they're talking about benching Goff. Is that is that a possibility? And who is their backup? I have no freaking clue. But isn't Cam Newton still unemployed? I mean, you, what do they have? This if they're the only entrant for the Spider Cup, if they continue on, it's a guarantee. I, I heard somewhere that uh, Pete Carroll is in talks with Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's bad. That's bad. (laughs) It's so bad. We're going to quit talking about it. That's enough NFL football because, like I said, every other game this week sucks. Let's move on to the NCAA and cover a few games that happened on Saturday. First and foremost, Mark, I'm going to start with you here. A lot of people thought that Kentucky had a shot against Georgia, and Georgia said, fuck that, and we're going to whoop your ass 30-13. to React. I think we all called Georgia winning this game, right? Pretty sure we did. Um, I mean, they're due to have a stumble. Um, I'm sure that's going to be against Alabama in a you know potential SEC either semifinal or championship game. But um, I don't really have anything to react to about this game. Kentucky's meh, and Georgia's really good. Milty, Georgia have the uh, dogs to make it all the way and win the SEC championship game. They do, but typically they've had that for like three, four, five years in a row now, and they always stumble against somebody. And sometimes it's against a team that's unpredicted. So I, you know, they're unbeaten now. They could go all the way. And I'd kind of like to see it. Someone that gets in the top 10 and maybe wins the national championship, somebody different. But man, they just have a history of falling down in the game. Indeed. The next uh, game we're going to talk about would have been a team that might have had a chance. Uh, Iowa was, depending on who you looked at, number two or number three ranked team in the country, laid an egg against Purdue. Iowa drops to the 11th ranking, and Purdue creeps into the top 25. Purdue beats them by 24 to 7. Mark, I'm going to start with you here. Iowa shit the bed. What do you think? I think I said last week that um, Ohio State looks like the contender in the Big 12, and that's how it's going to play out. Um, It seems like that prediction is going to come true far sooner than i thought <laughs> uh iowa yeah definitely laid an egg in this one they didn't deserve that one so uh, here we go ohio i guess i'm not an ohio state fan yeah me neither uh milty to mark's point looks like it's a clear path for the buckeyes to make another run at the playoffs um God, after the way that Iowa had been playing, we thought maybe they had a shot, but they really just didn't look good. They didn't look good at all. The uh, quarterback threw four interceptions. Uh, I, they only had 270 yards of total offense. Purdue scored one touchdown or one score in each quarter. It was just enough to hold them off, and it just you know, it was 
it was I would have loved to have seen Iowa come in and, and do something, but didn't work. All right. Next up on the docket, let's talk about the number eight Oklahoma State Cowboys beating the Texas Longhorns. Texas trying to get off the schneid after their debilitating loss to Oklahoma. Uh, the Cowboys put it on them 32 to 24. Milty, I'm going to start with you here. Um, Oklahoma State could be a team that makes some noise. Texas just isn't Texas and hasn't been for years. What do you think happened? Well, and last week I said that Texas was going to win this game. So what do I know? Um, Oklahoma State's a really good team. What was it? They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter to end the game. So yep. um, he who has the ball last and scores the most points wins. Yeah, Mark, and I think you are uh, going to hammer the over on this one, if I remember correctly, because it's a Big 12 game and uh, that's just where they run in the Big 12. Um Oklahoma State could make a lot of noise in the playoffs, don't you think? Yeah, so can Hammers when you hammer the over. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we said it. Last but not least in games, uh, Colorado Buffaloes get the win against Arizona. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And I don't even have the score in front of me, but I know they whooped the shit out of the Wildcats. Um Milty, feels good to get one, doesn't it? It does, after four weeks of not getting one. Uh, they got some players on this CU team, but there's something. They're just not meshing or something. I don't know what's going on. You know, Jerry Rice's kid, Brendan, is on the team. He finally cut a long touchdown pass. Um, I, they just, you know, and, but the other thing is Arizona's in the NCAA Spiders Cup race. So, oh, you know. Milty, you beat me to it. God damn it. <laughs> That was my take. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Arizona is 0-6. They lost to CU and they got shut out by CU. 34-0. Holy shit. What an ass kicking that is. But yeah, they, they are totally in the Spiders Cup. Fuck you, Milty. <laughs> Should have known you would have picked that one up. All right, let's look ahead to next week's games. And there's not a whole lot going on, but there are a couple of interesting storylines. Let's start with number 12, Mississippi, taking on LSU. Mark came out this week that Coach O is finishing up his final season with LSU. This man won a championship not two years ago. Why the quick exit? Uh, the boosters, I think, are getting to him down in the bayou. Uh, I heard a funny story today that uh, at one point, Back in the day when he was a linebackers coach for SC, he came in and talked about going into a, a bar down in the bayou. And somebody came in, was breakdancing on the floor, had a knapsack on his back, opened the knapsack up and dropped a bunch of alligators onto the floor. <laughs> and just walked out of the bar. Could you imagine Ed Ogeram telling that story? Though? <laughs> like, it's a funny story, but Coach O, on the dance floor and then he had knapsack on his back. Alligator. And then he took off. Um, he's in the race, I think, to become one of uh, SC's next coaches right there with Pete Carroll. Those are my two mediocre, but not really front runners at all. <laughs> Coach O could go back to SC, right? He's got a history there, and I think he's probably got a better a shot to go back than there. than Pete Carroll did because Pete Carroll left under a little bit of a cloud. Milty, um, 
you know, Mississippi is probably going to boat race LSU. There's really no reason to talk about what the score is going to be. But, you know, everybody loves Coach O. He was the perfect coach for LSU. Uh, why don't you uh, uh, talk a little bit about uh, what you think about Coach O? <laughs> what I think about Coach O, right? Just to follow <laughs> up with Mark, um, I think I, I read some stuff about him bringing some of his girlfriends to some of the practices and they were kind of interfering and then his kids running around. I, you know, I, maybe he learned a little bit from this, some of the mistakes he was making, but he'll be back. He's going to be in the NCAA coaching somewhere. Yeah. Agreed. Next game to talk about. Uh, it's a fun game to watch every year just because of the history behind it. Notre Dame and uh, USC taking on each other at five 30 on Saturday mountain time. Uh, Mark, Notre Dame's 13th in the country. They're still a pretty good football team, and they probably should wipe the floor with SC, you think? I think that they're going to take that shillelagh back to South Bend. The golden shillelagh. That's the only thing I really care about in this game is the trophy is a golden shillelagh, and that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Milty, fighting Irish against the Trojans. How do you see it going? Favored by seven and a half, all-time series. Notre Dame's ahead 47-36 with five ties going back to 1926. Dub in old man stats here. Uh, Notre Dame will win the game easily. Old man stats. Final story to talk about the NCAA. Washington State fired their head coach, Nick Rolovich. Uh, Washington has as all state employees must be vaccinated and he is not going to do it. So they fired him. Mark, what, what was this guy thinking? I mean, the, the mandate's there. You, you think you're just going to be able to say no? So it wasn't just him that they fired. It was him and four or five of his assistant coaches that they canned. So like they all knew that it was coming. Um, and it's not like he can go back to Hawaii and, you know, get a job there because they are stricter on vaccinations than, than <laughs> Washington is, Wazoo. So I'm, I'm not sure what the thought process was there. Maybe he thought that, you know, being a football coach, you know, got – he could get away with this kind of thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out. You know, I'm not really super interested in the politics of it. Um because it's going to get politicized like it already has been. But, um, you know, go from Hawaii, do a really good job of Hawaii, get this big-time job, and then kind of shit all over yourself because you don't want to get a shot. So, dumb dumb, And those four or five other guys that are dumb dumbs too. <laughs> uh, Milty, this kind of shines a light on some of the disparity that you see in uh, the public sector. Uh, Coach Rolovich was the highest-paid employee uh, on the – that worked for the state government, quote unquote, uh, $3.1 million. And they just whacked him. Um, it doesn't seem right. Does it? You know, I don't know whether it seems right or not from, from the, your or his standpoint or the state standpoint, the state has rules. He broke the rules. You're the highest paid public employee in the state of Washington. Come on, man. Use your fricking head. Yeah. Wasn't a very smart move. All right. That's enough sports for now. We'll get back into it here in just a minute. Uh, first, I do want to jump into Matt's review. A couple of things I want to talk about. First, if you haven't seen Squid Game, you need to watch Squid Game. This is one of the best shows of the last few years on television. 
uh, and I highly recommend that you watch it in Korean with the English subtitles because it makes it so much better. I was having a conversation yesterday with a buddy who hadn't seen it yet, and he was a little bit uh, nervous about watching it because he thought it was more horror. I'm like, oh, no, it's not a horror, dude. It is not horror at all. This is a fantastic show. Uh, and if you like Game of Thrones, you will love this show, but for different reasons. It's not a Game of Thrones type show. Next, I do want to talk about the trailer that just released. The Game of Thrones prequel is coming. Can I get a hell yeah for Matt Smith as a Targaryen? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. The story of the dance with dragons. The story of the dance with dragons and the Targaryen Civil War set 200 years before our friends in Westeros. Uh, and the thing that's exciting about this is the story has a start and an end, and they're not going to be trying to fill in the blanks at the end and try to figure out where George was going. We already know how it, what the story is, so they're not going to be able to screw around with it too much. I mean, there's going to be some of that, but, you know, I, but more dragons, more Targaryens, more Game of Thrones. I'm going to resurrect the dinner of ice and fire and cook all of the good things, especially on my smoker. And Matt Smith. Next up, let's talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs. <laughs> well, going back to Squid Games, I think we talked about it a couple <laughs> weeks ago, right? And uh, Matt, what, what was your overall thoughts on the ending without giving anything away? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved the ending. That was, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's just, and it sets it up beautifully. Oh, I can't wait to see what they do next because they have to do something next. There, there are a lot of people that are very upset at the ending. I thought it was pretty good. Why would you be upset at that? It's... I'm not going to get spoilery. I don't want to talk about it. There is a conversation to be had about why that you would be upset with that ending. And you can, you and I can talk about it later, but um, there is an actual conversation to be why, but um, I, I was with you. I thought it was great. Right. Um, I'll just say this and I'm going to keep this as generic as possible. Uh, as the show went on, it was clear that everyone was more broken at the end than they were even at the beginning, and that's why. Oh, and I completely called broken. part of the ending at the very first time I saw the character I thought he was. I, you can ask. Oh, oh that ending. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that oh, part. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, hmm, that's part of it. And mm -hmm. you can, yeah, that like very first episode I saw that I was like, aha, got mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and they threw hints, and yeah, that was great. But I'm talking about like the very, very ending when he turned around. Yeah, great yeah. stuff. All yeah. right. All right. Well, I was going to talk about Major League Baseball, but we have breaking news in the NBA. Mark, Ben Simmons did a thing. Yeah, a couple things. <laughs> Let's talk about practice. We're going to talk about practice. Yesterday, Ben Simmons shows up to practice wearing sweats, didn't decide to dress in his uniform, and he was wearing a very baggy pair of shorts, and obviously had his cellular device in his shorts that he was checking throughout the entire practice. Uh, there are many pictures of this device. It was very obviously on him, and him with it in his hand going up and down the court. Uh, today, it got worse with him and Doc. He showed up to practice, and uh, uh, they were running some kind of drill, and Ben told Doc, no, I don't feel like playing it. So Doc kicked him out of practice and then they suspended him for suspended him, quote unquote. You can't see it, but I've got funny ears in both hands uh, for one game uh, contract or con the 
what is it? Detrimental stuff. Things. Conduct things. detrimental. Conduct. To the that's the word. Conduct detrimental. Um, but yeah, so Ben Simmons is actively trying to James Harden his way out of uh, Philadelphia. And uh, uh, Joel Embiid was just like, can we not talk about him? That's basically what he said in the interview today. He was just like, I'm done talking about him. We want to talk about the guys that are here. So um, it's getting I, And I've heard, I've heard a lot of people compare this to the James Harden situation. Can we just say that Ben Simmons isn't a tenth of the player that James Harden is? He's uh, also not a tenth of the person that James Harden was when James Harden showed up to camp <laughs> last year. Well, there's that too. James Harden he was did, a big fatty. <laughs> he did come in a little bit overweight and out of shape, but he's also nowhere near the offensive threat that James Harden is, and that's what you have to be to be a superstar in this league. I don't know what I don't know what he thinks he's going to get anywhere it's, else. I, who cares? I mean, it's just a fun story, you know. If you show up wearing, you know, trotting up and down the court, you're already being a pissant about it like i just like the doc river side of it where he's just like we just kicked him out because he decided he didn't want to play yeah. <laughs> you can't fuck with doc rivers man he's, he's no not gonna i mean who thought that, that was a good idea yeah. right he's not gonna put up with that kind of shit he's put up with way bigger personalities than big fucking simmons <laughs> right yeah don't fuck with doc rivers he'll just kill you that's just i mean he'll lose a playoff series but he'll also murder you for being a douchebag so, right but- there you go. All right. I mean, he enough. fired his son, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. And thank you for that, Doc, because he's doing well here in Denver. We love Austin. All right. Let's start talking about some baseball. The championship series have begun. Uh, I haven't seen an update, uh, but I, last I checked, Boston was ahead. Mark, what's going on there? Uh, Dodgers are back on the, 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 the rampage there. They just won a game, so that series is – um, back interesting. Um, I'm hoping that this game stays the way it is. It's currently two one. Um, and it still is in the bottom of the seventh. By the time this game is over, it's not going to be in the seventh inning by the time this podcast comes out. But, uh, Houston seems to be struggling big time with the Red Sox offense all of a sudden. So good stuff. Good things. Let's hope that yeah, continues. It- you're absolutely right. By the time this game's over, it will not be the bottom of the seventh. You truer words have never been spoken. So Go Red well Sox. <laughs> all right. All right, Mikhail, you've been awful quiet because we all know what you feel about NCAA football. So let's kick it over to you for some NHL news. Pew, pew, pew. NHL news. NHL news. Do, do, do. NHL news. Um. <laughs> you know her pew pew pews are actually going to make the podcast too because they're cute well, and adorable i might cut them out that's what happens <laughs> what happens when you're in charge of all the editing too yeah but they are also cute and adorable whereas mine are apparently not they're just shenanigans and bad <laughs> that's right evil shenanigans carry on michaela Okay, Avs update. They're doing poorly, obviously. Um, They don't have any finishing, and their defense is not doing great. Uh, They lost to the Caps tonight, 6-3, and they had, like, the Caps had, I think, 13 high-danger chances, and the Avs had five. It was just all bad. Um, They also dressed 11 forwards and seven defensemen, I imagine, so that they could take McDermott for them. They've been having McDermott skate as a forward, so I'd be interested in having him like be on a forward line and not just 
fucking skating him as an extra defenseman. But whatever, that's not my job. More importantly, Nathan McKinnon's back. Jack Johnson's back. Betsy's back. After this game, Landy will be back. So that'll be okie dokie. Uh, Frankie's on LTIR because of a sprained ankle. And Tavesy is still out. Was there You're definitely missing him? Was there an update on uh, Jack Johnson's condition because he took a puck to the face today? Uh, I haven't seen anything yet. He, he he came off bleeding after taking a puck right to the choppers. Oh, I did. I saw the aftermath of that. I saw them sitting there scraping the um, blood off the ice. I didn't watch the game very much because as soon as I turned it on, the cap scored twice. So I was like, maybe this was a bad idea, <laughs> and it turned out the abs were just bad anyway. <laughs> And I do want to ask you real quick, um, you know, in the first game, Newhook was up and just wasn't playing all that well. Uh, Sampo was playing a little bit better, but Newhook went down, Sampo stayed up. What do you think was the uh, decision process there? So Newhook is a natural center, and they've been playing him on the wing because the Avs have a lot of natural centers. Um, I just don't think he has the confidence in a position that he's not used to playing. He's been lighting it up in the A, so I'm sure he'll be okay once they get him into a point that either A, he's comfortable playing in the NHL on a wing, or if he's, they can pull him up into a center position, probably like third or fourth line. I don't know. I think he just needs more time to develop. He'll be fine. Sampo's doing great, though. That kid's good. And Kaut is back, who I fucking love that guy. Yeah, the thing about Newhook is he's not afraid to shoot, right? A guy just lets fly from anywhere. So if they, you know, like to your point, put him on the third or fourth line, it definitely give you a threat of a scoring punch. He actually figures out how to score against NHL goaltending. Um, and I love Cout too, man. That guy just plays really well. So, all right, what else you got? Uh, I <laughs> I didn't go to the Broncos game this weekend, but I did go to the Avalanche game um, that we also lost. Eh. But more importantly, they did a banner raising for Pierre Lacroix, and that was cool. Uh, his family was there. Eric talked. Um, Joey Sack talked. Hayduk, Foot, uh, Bork, and one of the other two. Sackick, duh. They were all there and, like, walked the banner out, and they raised it, and they had this dumb ceremony. I imagine similar to what the Shanahan Atwater thing was that you guys watched, but uh, everyone on stage at the Avs one was much more sober because it was at like 5.30 p.m. For some reason, they did it so early before the game, but it was fun. Uh, uh, general uh, NHL news, Kaner, so Evander Kane, our friend who is getting more and more terrible by the moment uh, has been suspended 21 games for um, his COVID protocol vaccination that we now know is something involving faking a vaccination card, Um, either making a a fake one or he didn't get a shot when he was supposed to and then backdated his card and got caught doing it. It's one of those two. Um, The Sharks haven't said whether or not he'll play after the suspension, but it's signs point too bad because this whole situation has just gone so off the rails. Uh, the NHL also decided that there was no substance behind the uh, allegations of domestic abuse, but I don't know where they fucking get coming up with that shit. Whatever. 
I don't. I think that should be the cops looking into that, not the fucking NHL. But whatever. Agreed. I, I I can't believe he's still. And most of his teammates are coming out and saying that they don't even. They're pretending like he's not even there. I saw that in a couple of different articles today where his teammates are just pretending like he's not even a shark. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently they don't like him very much in the room, so might as well just pretend like he's not fucking there. Uh, moving on. Nikita Kucherov is broken again. Oh boy. And it's, it's likely long term. Oh, darn. Oh, he's going to have to get surgery, and they're putting him on LTIR. Guess the Lightning are just going to have an extra $9.5 million in cap space. Uh, so the Lightning are up to their shenanigans again. Um, I don't actually know if they'll make it to the playoffs without Kucherov this year since they're missing their whole, like, essentially their whole second line. Uh, and they've not had very good showings since this year. But they they are definitely up to cap shenanigans and got very lucky that Kucherov got injured game two. So I guess we'll see if the Lightning trade for Eichel to get that make it all the way to that eighteen million over the cap. I liked that uh I liked that tweet that you sent speaking of Eichel, um, about the Ben Simmons or Jack Eichel gets traded first. It's, it's <laughs> really seeming like Ben Simmons is gonna be the one who gets traded first at this point. <laughs> Yeah, the Jack Eichel situation has not gone anywhere. He is still trapped in Buffalo. <laughs> Rip Jack Eichel. Actually, the Buffalo Sabres are currently the number one team in the league at 3-0. They're they're doing very well, which is alarming. Huzzah, 3-0. Huzzah. Wow. The Habs are 0-3, or 0-4 even, after tonight. Boo the Habs. Uh, so Katie Gway is a... um. Referee in the NH or the AHL is the first female referee in the AHL. Yay, she did her first game this week. Hopefully, more will move up into the NHL. Uh, and then the last thing that we have to talk about is a story came out about Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes died a few last month, month before maybe. Um, and they didn't really say what had happened, but they came out and announced that he OD'd on fentanyl and cocaine. Apparently, he was addicted to opioids when he was a player in the league. Um, He sobered up but had another injury and fell off the wagon and started taking painkillers again. He had just gotten treatment not long before he passed, so it seems like he went and got treatment and then went back to it. So that is terrible, terrible, terrible to hear. But it definitely is a good like way to look and see that, yeah, all of these players probably are getting pills pushed onto them, like what Robin Leonard was saying. Like, I, the addiction in the NHL has to be a fucking nightmare from everything that it sounds. It's also, you know, cross sports, right? There's multiple cases of people just can't handle and, and having opioid addiction issues. I mean, Brett Favre is famous for talking about just popping pills. And, you know, if you listen to Ryan Harris uh, locally here on the radio in Denver, he talks about just getting shots of Toradol just before a game. And it was just a thing that just happened all the time. They did. They just, they're just loading these guys up just so they go out and play and um, with little to no regard for what happens down the road. Cause it's all about, you know, can you play today? Can we make that money today? Um, you know, we're better with you out there than we are with you here with l- little regard for the players 
uh, long-term health and safety. So uh, deeper dive for sure coming. I think we'll probably need to talk about it. Um, what else you got, MJ? Anything? Uh, that's that's all I have for now. All right. Next up, uh, Mark. We had a little bit of a tasty dessert. Let's uh, cue that 8-bit music and hit us with your dessert of the week. Mmm, scrum umptious Hello, everybody. It's that time of the week or, you know, month or, you know, whenever. You know, we, we do this every once in a while and we talk about some snacks. And they are usually very sugary, very, very yummy snacks. And one time we did this one that was, you know, one that none of you can have unless you are friends with Mama Sue. Well, this one you can go find whenever you want. Uh, you can go down to... Romano's in Old Town Littleton. Uh, that's right off of the Windymere, and it's right off of the Littleton Boulevard, and it's been there for about 1,437 years, and they've been making pasta for 1,345 of those years. I think my math is correct on that. They've been there for a very, very, very long time. I do believe uh, Jesus was never there, but... Uh, his dad, Joseph, had had taken Mary to a date there at some point uh, before the Jesus time. Um, yes. Anyways, so when you go into Romano's and you have the eggplant <laughs> and you have the homemade raviolis and you have the um, um, all the good Italian foods, you want to make sure that, one, you tip your waitress accordingly. Two, you enjoy the cheesecake uh special cheesecakes so they get a different cheesecake every once in a while it's usually a seasonal variety the uh there have been several that have been awesome there was a lemoncello cheesecake that was just oh so good and they've had an oreo cheesecake and this particular time we had a white chocolate blueberry cheesecake and oh my gosh it was so good it was just creamy and white chocolatey and blueberry and it was just the I love blueberries and white chocolate and I like white chocolate and I love cheesecake I love cheesecake so make sure you go down to Romano's get yourself the triple treat uh, or you know don't just get the eggplant because it's the best eggplant on the planet or don't you know they have really good pizza so get some of that stuff and uh, then you can eat where Jesus's parents ate and have some cheesecake too back to you all right thank you very much Next, second to last bit, my second favorite bit of the week. Michaela, you've been scrubbing the interwebs furiously in search of the dipshit of the week. Yeah, I'm going to stick with hockey this time and give it to Marcus Foligno, who plays for the Minnesota Wild, who got in a fight with uh, Brandon Dillon tonight during the game against the Jets, and he did a flying Superman punch against him. He jumped off of his skates and punched this guy in the face to start the fight. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. I don't I don't know why that happened. But he literally jump punched this motherfucker in the face. They just lost. The Wild did not win the game. He did it for nothing, but still funny in principle. I mean, to be fair, he connected and land- stuck the landing. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> but it was also really it. dumb. Right. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck did he do it? <laughs> no idea, but it was pretty cool to look at. Right. <laughs> All right, let's bring this thing home and kick around the goon squad for our final thoughts. Milty, starting with you, what do you got, buddy? Hey, I just want to say uh, congratulations to Steve Atwater to get his Hall of Fame ring this past weekend. And Mike Shanahan to be 
introduced as uh, the new Hall of or the Wall uh, Ring of Fame for in the Mile High Stadium there. And we're going to start a petition to see how long it takes to get him into the Hall of Fame. Outstanding, Michaela. What do you got? I got a kitty. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't see at home, Michaela has picked up her other cat and plopped it firmly in her lap. <laughs> she is cute. Is, is there anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. My favorite bit of the entire week. Bunga, your time to shine. Take it away, bud. Milty, along with your point about Mike Shanahan, and you know, we talked about him being slightly inebriated at the game. I just want to make sure that everyone knows that, you know, if you're looking for the Mike Shanahan Wall of Fame, just make sure you look for the Gene Mingo one, and it's about five <laughs> down from that one. Um, and that's where it'll be. Is it's on the same side as Gene Mingo. So uh just check it out over there. Uh special shout out to a couple of friends of mine that I work with, Joel and Angel who decided to get me some Pokemon cards. I am going to start opening Pokemon cards. It'll either be on Twitch or TikTok or maybe perhaps both. I will give you some details on that. Um, but yeah, that is coming. So be aware that you will get more of your favorite goon, not the other one. <laughs> I'm your favorite because I'm here in Denver and you're listening in Denver or Las Cruces and London and Athens and Amsterdam and Austin and Auckland and Bulgaria and Bogota and Reykjavik and Berlin and Perth and Mumbai and Trinidad and Tobago, Tbilisi, Sicily, Abu Dhabi, Riyadh, Ontario, Canada, and Gothenburg, where the metal is from. We love you. You're muted. (laughs) (laughs) Insert insert corny joke about (laughs) not the favorite good. I'm the favorite good, but you were muted and that blew it for you. Actually, what I was going to say is awesome. Make sure you check us out on our social channels. Oh, at the idiot goons on Twitter. I was just going to sandbag the shit out of you, bro. That's fine. <laughs> like I've been doing all night. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> Jesus. Can't even get a facial reaction out of you people. <laughs> Make sure you check us out on our social channels at the Idiot Goons on Twitter. Search My Brother is an Idiot on Facebook. More about barbecue at King Goon Smoke. I just posted a video today where I unboxed my new toy. I got a 14-inch Delta Wolf Dow strong blade. This thing is going to cut through brisket like hot butter. I can't fucking wait. Happy birthday to me. I also would like to share a little bit of news with the goon squad that I've been keeping under my hat. This week we hit another milestone. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, $5? we have made our fifth dollar. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was close. Yeah, we were getting there. 26 episodes We made five bucks. Thanks to listeners like you who check us out every single week. We love it. For Mark, MJ, and Milty, my name is Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time on My Brother's an Idiot. See ya.